Welcome to Advance, an NCEES podcast series. I'm Davey McDowell, Chief Operating Officer at NCEES. Land surveying is one of the first professional licensed professions in the United States. In 1891, California passed the first U.S. surveying licensure law. Over the next century, all other states follow. On this episode, Trent Keenan will discuss why fewer people are entering the surveying profession and what he and others are doing to help reverse the trend. He'll also be sharing his surveying story, including his path to licensure. Trent is a professionally licensed land surveyor in five western states, Arizona, California, Nevada, Utah, and Washington. And he's the president and founder of Diamondback Land Surveying, LLC, where he directs all day-to-day operations within the company. Trent has two decades of land surveying experience, covering all facets of surveying services. He is certified state water rights surveyor in the state of Nevada, and is also one of 600 CFED surveyors in the United States. He has been an active board member in the Nevada Association of Land Surveyors, where he has served in all officer positions, and is the current editor of Nevada Traverse publication. He is the founder of Mentoring Mondays for the land surveying profession, and a proud sponsor and brand ambassador for Get Kids Into Survey. When Trent is not doing something survey related, he enjoys photography, golf, and running. In fact, he's running 35 half marathons. Thank you, Trent, for joining us. I'm really looking forward to our conversation, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Before we really get into what we want to talk about, I am assuming that Diamondback is either in reference to a mountain or a snake? What, where'd Diamondback come from? <laughs> Believe it or not, it actually came from um, the first uh, first surveying company I worked for down in Las Cruces, New Mexico. A guy by the name of Kerry Griner. He was a uh, part of New Mexico State as well, but uh, he was one of the first guys I worked for and um, his he had eventually sold out and closed up his time and back. And so obviously I reached out to him when I was ready to start and asked him if I could continue his name and his uh, surveying business name. And, and I was going to college, you know, flip side to that was I was going to college in uh, Phoenix at the time that they announced the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks franchise. And so, you know, it was all kind of fitting that it all just tied together. So while we're kind of talking about this, what, what got you into the surveying profession? What, what led you down this path? For me, you know, it was uh, the craziest thing was just driving down the uh, road and I happened to uh, pull into the corner convenience store and walked, watched a couple of surveyors walk out to the center of the intersection. And somehow, you know, it's uh, one of those stories that the profession found me and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I uh, didn't really give it too, too much thought other than that's, you know, kind of cool. And I watched him set up and watched him set up in the intersection. And of course, this is back in the early 90s, right? So everything's still conventional. And here in Nevada, the all of our sectional control is our center line of roadways. So I, uh, you know, jokingly thought to myself that it wouldn't be make a very good surveyor because I'm, you know, five foot six and wouldn't be able to see the over the cars as they're sitting in the turn lane, setting up a total station. So I chuckle about that now. But then uh, fast forward a few weeks, I'm in high school they had a college recruiter come in to talk about a AutoCAD and slash drafting college down in Phoenix. I remember him saying one of the things, you know, engineers, architects, and surveyors all, you know, are starting to use AutoCAD every day. And all of a sudden now I put, you know, surveyors walking out to the middle of the intersection. I'm, you know, got a college recruiter coming to, to my drafting class talking about surveyors. And, you know, at, at 16, 
it's hard to say, you know, the universe is speaking to you right at 16, but I just felt like it was something that was calling me. And, uh, I started to do a little bit of research into what a surveyor was and, you know, some of the opportunities and stuff that kind of come about noticed that, you know, you can have your own firm, you could, uh, you know, you work outside, you deal with history and law and all these different things that, uh, somewhat uh, at the time for a 16 year old, definitely I thought were really cool. All of these things kind of transpired into it, uh, thinking that this career might be something I would be interested in and doing the research and ended up signing up for the college down in Phoenix. And it was a uh, one year associate's degree program. I went to school Monday through Friday, uh, eight to one. And I happened to uh, work for a wood shop company here while I was going to high school and they had an office down in Phoenix as well. And they had a a two to 10 hourly job for me. And so I went to school from eight to one and I worked from two to 10. And uh, that's kind of how I got through my college degree. It was basically September of 94 to September of 95. Worked my butt off through school and uh, it was basically nine months of drafting And uh, the last three months were AutoCAD. And at the time, of course, it was AutoCAD 10, I think, release 10, DOS format type stuff. So that's kind of how the profession ended up finding me as I I describe it. You know, so many many times when we're talking to someone that's especially in the surveying profession, it it happens in the engineering profession. A lot of times it kind of comes from a, a family member. But in this case, this was just an interest that that piqued you from from schooling, so to speak, correct? Exactly. Yeah. I had no, uh, no family in it whatsoever. Um, my dad, uh, would kind of just as a side job for him, he just did some framing on houses. So, you know, a little bit of a construction background, but, uh, no engineering, no surveying background, you know, a little bit of construction, but that was it. And, uh, again, I, you know, I just go back to saying the, the profession basically found me, piqued my interest and sucked me in as uh, as we call it <laughs> because of that don't you feel like um outreach to to younger kids and to try and get kids interested in surveying is of utmost importance because it doesn't necessarily have to come from uh, a family member passing something down to you oh yeah 100 percent, and that's you know obviously that's one of my platforms that uh that i love to kind of talk about and and be involved with in it, uh, it's getting the kids aware, right? And that's why I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge supporter and um, sponsor of, of anything that gets get kids into survey and the Ball Sisters do and their whole team and um, anything that we can do to bring awareness to the profession at a younger level is only going to help, you know, kind of solidify bringing, you know, awareness and people into the profession. So whether it's uh, get kids in the survey, you know, or high school career fairs, any of these things are, we just got to continue to push as many people involved as possible. Yeah. I noticed in, in one of the articles that you had um, written for a, a magazine, the Nevada Traverse is Nevada, right? Not Nevada. I'm not that's right. That's right. It's Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> um, That's one of the things you talk about is the the surveying profession being kind of an an older profession and some of the research you've done there, which is, I guess, one of the reasons for trying to encourage a number of um, younger folks, kids, so to speak, to be interested in surveying so that the next generation of surveyors comes along because at some point we're going to have a retirement of a lot of surveyors. Yeah, 
you know, and again, I, I had written that article, uh, it just published, I'm the editor of the Nevada Traverse here for our Nevada Association of Land Surveyors um, publication, quarterly publication. One of my first uh, things that I wanted to tackle was that research project. And so I had uh, spent about six months doing the research, reaching out to all of the different licensing boards, trying to get a really good feel on demographics of, of ages, um, of you know, the ages of the existing licensing board that's in place. And, you know, being that uh, there's, you know, in some states, there's one or two people under the age of uh, 30 or even under the age of 35. Um, I wanted to see is how many people are over the age of 61 and how many people are, say, under the age of 40 in these uh, in this demographic and, and data sets. And so I ended up with about eight matching data sets where I could really come up with a good thing. But any of the data sets that I did get all kind of compared with each other nationally. So I would say nationally, we're probably sitting closer to the 45 to 48% uh, range in every state that uh, the average age is 61 and older. You know, for instance, here in Nevada, we could lose possibly about 120 surveyors over the age of 61 in the next 10 years, but we've only technically licensed 32 in-state surveyors. So, and that was pretty much the theme across the board on any of the data sets that I did get that there's just more retiring than we have coming in the pipeline. And so, again, bringing that awareness to the profession, finding ways to get our existing workforce that are working right now that get, find ways for them to get licensed through, you know, any kind of avenue possible. Yeah. So I think you, you hit on a really good point because uh, so many times there's there's kind of t- two groups of people you you can promote to or market to about licensure. One of them is trying to get kids, you know, younger students, the K through 12 audience, and maybe even in college to to enter into the the, the surveying field. But then it's also those um, young surveyors that are out there working today and trying to make sure that they understand the importance of licensure. So I do want to backtrack just a teeny bit and ask you a little bit about get kids into survey. What's the story on that? So um, the Ball Sisters started it in England. Obviously, you know, anybody can kind of go to their website and really get the backstory, but uh, it's a worldwide campaign and it is definitely, it's cartoon based characters all about bringing awareness to that middle school, late elementary, so say fifth grade to eighth grade mentality of bringing awareness to the kids on a, on a younger cartoon style based lesson plan. And so everything is fun, energetic, lighthearted type of uh, program where, you know, learning through, they're, they're getting ready to launch a comic book in uh, May. It's a really fun and uh, energetic thing to get involved with. And it's something to, you know, take to the career fairs once we get back to uh, having in-person career fairs and taking these uh, Get Kids Into Survey posters. It's a great uh, long-term exposure um, to anything survey related. So you're writing articles for uh, a publication. You are working with the Get Kids Into Survey. What other avenues or other programs are, are you involved in in terms of reaching out or mentoring to others to to try and, and, and push uh, the surveying profession? So I uh, started last September. Um, I started a, a a weekly Zoom platform called uh, Mentoring Mondays for the Land Surveying Profession. I had already been thinking about it kind of through the summer, doing my research and all this kind of things. And it led into um, seeing that we needed a demand for mentoring the existing workforce and or people taking the exam. And so 
now Zoom's accepted. Our first uh, Mentoring Monday session was uh, September 14th. We have now recorded 27 sessions. We've had just a phenomenal success with it, with great speakers, great topics. You know, guys like Gary Kent or Dave Doyle, you know, guys, Jay Seymour, just some really good dynamic speakers who want to continue to give back to the profession. And uh, it's been it's been a great ride. If you go on to the, uh, the website, the website's called mentoringmondays.xyz. You'll see a full schedule right on the homepage. And there's, there's more um, things on the website. There's a link to every survey podcast that's out there. So you can find all of those. There's links to every survey map um, publication magazines on the links as well. And um, just a, a full resource of, of anything survey related that you could find. It just sounds, that sounds uh, incredible and, and a way to reach out to uh, the young surveyors and potential surveyors of the world to try and uh, encourage them to become involved in the surveying profession. So tell us, you talked a little bit about it, uh, about when you became licensed, but I know that you're licensed in a number of states. Where was your original license and a little bit about the process and, and how you became licensed and, and any thoughts you have on um, the importance of licensure in the surveying profession. Yeah. So my very first license was, uh, in Nevada. I, uh, had taken the FS exam in, uh, 1999. So again, you know, not early on in my career, I was about four, four years into it, right. When I would be able to sit for the FS, the fundamentals exam and did not pass it on my first time. And then, uh, I took some time off and, um, started studying again a few years later and got my L, uh, my fundamentals passed in April of 04 had all my paperwork ready to go to submit for the uh, principles and practice exam and I took that in October of um, 2004 and uh, received my first license here in Nevada December 6th of 2004 and then uh, subsequently went after and got um, Arizona Utah those uh, got those fairly quick a few months afterwards, uh, submitted for California and uh, took the California exam. Let's see, California got an 07 and in Washington, I finally, I think I got in 2011. So unfortunately, I haven't uh, sat for another exam just, you know, with business and being busy. It's hard to uh, kind of apply and get some others, but we do have some great existing clients and a basically allows me to use all of those licenses. We do kind of travel throughout the West Coast and uh, service a lot of our clients that way. It's worked out really well. I, I initially got all those licenses because I wanted to travel personally, just do work all across the different country, the West Coast here. And I, I haven't been in the field too, too much lately. I do get out there every once in a while, but uh, pretty much about the first, I've been, uh, last October, I, I, um, celebrated my 25th year in the profession and I spent about 18, 19 full years in the, in the field. So enjoy every day I get to go back out to it. So, but as far as uh, the value of licensure in, in my mind, you know, obviously the number one thing is, is protecting the public. And in, by doing that, you're protecting pretty much, you know, land is going to be anyone's largest asset, right? I mean, you have a car, it's worth say $50,000, but you have a piece of land that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we need to, as licensed surveyors, be able to protect, you know, the license and the public on their biggest assets. So by doing so and 
being held to high standards and knowing state laws and that kind of stuff, you know, where in, enables us the public trust and uh, provides the knowledge that surveyors need to keep their biggest asset safe. Not to shift gears a lot, but to, to move a little bit towards the future of surveying. We mentioned, you mentioned earlier, we, we do have an aging surveying, you know, workforce trying to get more kids involved. What, what do you see though for the future of, of the surveying profession? You know, unfortunately, the numbers and the research and the data shows that it's declining, and and uh, not so much just the professions declining, right? I mean, it's it's the the workforce that's declining. the The demand and the need is is always going to be there. Um, and one of my frustrations that I get sometimes is I'll have clients call in and they'll say, you know, I talked to say ten different surveyors, and and you know, eight of them won't call me back, um, and two of them are two months out on scheduling. And so I feel like we're in a, it's more of a concern of servicing the public than it is a declining profession. And so we need to keep, I guess our service level, we'll say in high regards to servicing the clients, some way, somehow talking to the clients, returning their phone calls and just kind of giving them a realistic deadline. And if you can't get it done, tell a, you know, point them to have a Rolodex of, of surveyors numbers that are your friends and your network become involved with your state societies and create your own surveyors network within your own friends and, and pass those numbers along. Cause again, the demand is always going to be there for the profession. It's a matter of finding qualified individuals and getting people. And it doesn't, not every single person has to be licensed. There's great, great surveyors that have never gotten licensed. But maybe we can find a way for them, you know, they've been surveying for 20 years. Maybe they meet every uh, requirement to become licensed. Let's find a way to uh, kind of push them into getting their license and continue their career path. But the demand is never going to go away. And so I would just like to see us basically create one voice to promote the profession. Um, I know, you know, there's a lot of, of us going to the career fairs. Um, we're always asked about our elevator speech and uh, we all have a different story. And so I would like uh, maybe to kind of work on a national level, whether it's with NCES, whether it's with NSPS, coming up with some kind of one voice that we can use to promote the profession um, and continue what we can to uh, to attract new new talent and definitely diversify our demographics within the profession. Obviously here in Nevada, we are only 2% female on licensed surveyors. There's only 14 uh, female licensed female surveyors out of uh, 670 surveyors licensed in the state of Nevada. So again, creating a, a diverse workforce and continuing to promote is the way we're going to, is the way we're going to get there and servicing the clients and servicing, servicing uh, the profession. Yeah. So I think you make a, an, a really important point, which is as the public calls and tries to get a surveyor involved in some type of project they have, if it is months out or you're not getting return phone calls, that that tends to think, well, we need to increase the profession. We need some more people out there. And then the side effect to that might be, well, then let's just let a bunch of people in because we need them. So let's find a way to, to ease some requirements and get a lot of people licensed. And that's not necessarily the way to go about it, because then all of a sudden you have folks that may or may not be technically competent to do the work. So it is kind of a catch 22. Yes, exactly. And, you know, and I, I use um, 
So here in Nevada, we have a 40 degree, but Arizona requires six years of experience and no education. California, six years of experience, no education. But if you look at their numbers in those surrounding states, we're all declining. And it's not just an education issue. It's it's a marketing um, and marketing the profession issue and not uh, not necessarily an education issue in my mind. Yeah. So that that's a good point. I would, I guess, your opinion on how best the licensing boards can work together to kind of rectify some of that and what NCWS could do to kind of help. Do you have any thoughts on that? Finding a one standard to licensure, right? Like you say, engineering, engineering is pretty much the same across the board to some degree, but surveying is definitely, you know, four year degree here or a two year degree here or no education here. We definitely need to find a way to kind of uh, standardize the the licensing requirements and how to get, you know, I, I know obviously, you know, all the state boards come together and, and work together with NCES. And so as, you know, as a committee, I guess it's, it's finding ways to get that passed through state legislation and on the local level or on the state level and, and just kind of come up with that one voice to work together. It's going to take a team effort and it's going to take everybody to get together in a room and it's going to take a lot of strategic planning to kind of work through the scenarios. And then of course, you know, taking it back to the state level and getting it passed at the, at the state legislation is, is just an uphill battle as it is to get everybody on the same page. So we have a lot, a lot of work ahead of us. I think eventually, you know, whether it's five, 10, 15 years down the road, maybe we're going to get there, but um, it all starts by getting everybody together in the room first. Any parting words of wisdom, anything else that you've kind of got on your mind as it relates to the surveying profession? Uh, You know, so I guess one of my things is, um, is work on, um, on bringing the right tools to the career fair. That's, uh, that's one of my, uh, we won't call it pet peeve, right? But it's one of my uh, kind of sticking points that we need to bring the right tools to the career fair to even begin to grab the attention of the kids walking by in these career fairs. So we're, we show up to the career fairs with, you know, a hundred year old transit, some, you know, rocks on the table because they're really cool to us. Um, and uh, maybe some old plats, but very rarely, and, and just now, right, I, I built these augmented reality sandboxes. So we're bringing those, we're bringing this hands-on colorful touch to the, uh, to the career fair. But, you know, a lot of us, there's, there's, we're not bringing the drones. We're not bringing the 3D scanners. We're not bringing the, the computer zooming around with uh, the point clouds and all that kind of stuff that we're doing. So we need to be able to grab the kids' attention away from those others, um, you know, careers that are standing around us in these career fairs. And that's starts by bringing the right tools to the career fairs to, uh, to get the kids' attention. But I also think the toys you guys have are just incredibly cool and they just continue to get a little bit better. I, that augmented uh, reality sandbox is a, not a tool that you probably use on a daily basis doing surveying work, but it is a, a cool sort of way, I, I guess, to show topography and other things like that to, uh, and mapping to, to a group of kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a uh, heck it's, you know, all the teachers come over and play with it during the breaks, you know, it's, it's just that uh, cool and, and, and visual 
you know, colorful visual aspect of, of what we do and, and being able to use that, you know, swipe your hand and it, and it regenerates contours, right? I mean, your hand swiping across is, is the blade moving the dirt. And now all of a sudden we've, we've changed the surface of the earth and to be able to describe that to uh, the counselors and, uh, and, or the teachers is, you know, eye opening for them as well. And it's uh it's fun. Uh, like again, that fun and new energetic way to uh, kind of promote the profession. Well, Trent, thank you much. It was absolutely um, fun and interesting talking to you today. Awesome, I I, I appreciate it. Uh, that was it was fun. I enjoyed the uh, enjoy it and enjoy being able to uh, kind of promote the profession any way we can and through podcasts like this and or you know mentoring Mondays, whatever we can do to uh, promote and and gather the attention of you know new surveyors and or existing workforce. We'll continue to do our thing. Thank you, Trent, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to talk with you and hear your thoughts on mentoring the next generation of surveyors, as well as your surveying journey. We appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts with us. And for all of our listeners out there, thank you for joining us today. Please take a minute to leave us a review. This simple action can help others like yourself find and share this podcast. Have a great day and we'll see you again on our next episode of Advance, an NCEES podcast series.